Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, I love this theme song. No, no, no. It's just... Processing. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 23rd of March, the year of our Lord 2000. Chicane featuring Brian Adams, Don't Give Up, uh, is number one in the charts. Surprised you had the time to do that before Foreman Chronic. <laughs> he was a busy boy. Yes, that's the level of humour we're going for this week. <laughs> Toy Story 2, the sixth week in a row, just to show me how wrong I am about certain things. Number one in the charts in film world, Wario Land 3 from the Game Boy Colour, just being released. And the 22nd of March, the House of Commons Culture, Media and Sports Committee issues a report calling on ITV to restore News at 10 <laughs> after finding that the broadcaster has seen a drop in ratings since the programme was dropped in 99. <laughs> What simple problems we had back then. Right. We need the news at 10pm. Some people like finding out their news before they go to bed. (laughs) Don't have nightmares. Everything's on fire. Exactly. And the big news is Pokemon, the first movie, gets released on VHS. Something that my dad still mad at me to this day because I dragged him to the cinema to watch it because I wanted that Mew card. So you got a card, a Pokemon card, when you went to go see the film? Everybody got uh, Fossil Mew, which you can't use in the game because you can't read any of it, and one of uh, four or six, I'm not sure, other cards, and I got the Dragonite that was also a postman, I guess. (laughs) Since I thought about these things, to be honest with you. All I remember is looking at my dad at certain bits and just seeing... You know, the equivalent to a human being given up, 404, person not found. <laughs> Pick refresh when this thing is finished, all right? You will remember that when you are taking your kids to the cinema to go and see something oh, pop culture that you no. don't understand. Uh, look, Tom, I've seen enough Peppa Pig, enough Choco Mong. I know it's a very unfortunate title, I didn't call it that. And uh, what else? Paw Patrol? Ooh, that's always good for a laugh. Have and you seen Paw Patrol live, though? No, I'll, I'll, I'll see Paw Patrol dead. <laughs> Paw Patrol meets the Plague Dogs, the crossover we're finding. <laughs> that's cinematic universe. Who would you rather go on holiday with, Paw Patrol or Bing? Michael Barrymore. 
I agree. I also liked him in Strike It Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> what else is happening? Now, that was all that was happening in the world. Everything. 99% <laughs> of the world was that. But that 1% in that dark corner of the universe known as Wrestling World, a little show named Smackdown. Was on the run-up to a little event called WrestleMania 2000. No, not the 2000th WrestleMania, uh, but the one that happened to be happening this year. Don't know why. That's a thing that you'll have to ask people of the 90s. Everyone went radio rental for putting the year 2000 in front of things. It was just cool. It's going to be very confusing when we get to the year 2004, and we're having to explain. No, there's two WrestleMania 2000s. But we'll be saying it via the microchips in our head to the aliens that are visiting. And they'll be, and they'll be saying, well, it, if only it was as good as the first WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, well, mate? Was... We'll still be bloody here talking about it. <laughs> we'll still have the same chemistry we do today. Yes! But that was all the things that was happening. What was happening on that little show, on the build-up to the little big show? No, not that one. Uh, WrestleMania 2000. All the answers to those questions you didn't ask will be answered on this podcast, starring myself, Mafu, and his faithful companion, Tom Campbell, as we have a look at the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. But first things first, how the hell are you, Tom? I like the idea of being your faithful companion. I sound like a dog. I said you are literally canine from Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being a, being a, a yappy dog. It's fine. Math, this is a great week because this week I have officially booked an appointment at the hairdressers. Mine got. I know. For the first time in three months, I'm getting my hair cut. My hair has never been this long. I'm very grateful that I have the hair follicles of my father, who... It has no trace of pattern baldness in any way, shape, or form. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think some of the most distinguished people in my life are bold peoples. But I myself, uh, I'm, uh, I'm keen to have my old school sort of what zero on the back and sides and half the length off the top feel a bit more like a human being. How are you doing, Matthew? Uh, still not looking or feeling like a human being. Thank you for asking, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had a haircut since January. <laughs> Thing is, I've seen your hair, and it hasn't got that long since January. It's got I'm long. I'm surprised as well. I thought it would be a lot longer, but, <clears throat> oh, well, that happens with age, I guess. But I am sporting what can only be described as a mullet <laughs> yeah. uh, at the back and fallout boy at the front. <laughs> so, I don't know from Business at the front, party at the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm I'm coming for your sister, but I'll be wearing eyeshadow <laughs> or something. Uh, yes. So that's happening. We did take uh, some time off last week because last week was known as the week of hell. <laughs> uh, not just because of all the horrible allegations and accusations and other things that we can't go into too much detail about, but for people like myself wondering, is it time to pack this wrestling malarkey in? And after a week of avoiding social media and only coming up like the groundhog in Groundhog Day just to get food and then running away as quickly as possible. I've decided I have met a lot of friends and a lot of people I would call second family that I've spent way too much time with and enjoyed the company of too much to give it up and let the bastards win. So that's why me and Tom are going back 
to our ways of hanging out, talking utter drivel, and having lovely people on Twitter saying, that was some lovely drivel this week from you, Matthew and Tom. And when it comes to drivel, you guys are in the top 20. <laughs> we are the kings. Rather like the- Toy Story 2, you incorrect get. <laughs> And so on and so forth. It was a trying time last week for 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 wrestling and for people, um, and we've talked a lot about it in the news. And uh, the lads talked about it on the Cultaholic podcast on Friday as well. Um, and and I know people that have stepped away from wrestling as a result of the events of the the last week or so. And that's absolutely fine. I had a DM from a friend of mine who said, I just can't bear to look at wrestling at the moment. And it's like, that's mm. fine. I don't blame you. You know, there's, there's, I have the same discussions with myself as you did, Maff, which is like, maybe I take up snooker instead. You know, maybe I take mm. up tobogganing. But you know what? As you rightly said, there, there, there's a lot of good people that I've met through wrestling and they will never not be good people in wrestling that's always worth remembering and what's gonna happen i'm quite excited for what happens at the other side of this now i'm quite excited for getting to a point in wrestling where there is it's a it is a safer environment and it is a more welcoming environment and i'm i'm kind of for that i think you'd be it'd be foolish to not be for that you know but, and also, I mean, not going into the details of, of allegations and situations and anything like that, but the, the, the closure of Chikara w- was a sad moment. Not, not, nothing to do with the allegation or anything behind it, but the whole concept of Chikara, I really love. Like this superhero-esque promotion full of comic book characters. So I think if I had the time and the money and the inclination... I'd start a UK version of Chikara when all this kicks off again. <laughs> and when I had that conversation with myself, I realised I ain't done with this yet. Like, if I'm sat there going, oh, I'd love to run a promotion full of, like, wacky cartoon characters, that'd be great. And that's when you go, I ain't done with this yet. There's, there's, there's good still to come, you know. And, and how can we be done, Math, if we still have every single Smackdown ever to talk about? Yeah. Exactly. Ever? Ever. Oh no, is that what I've signed on to? Mate, we're going until either SmackDown or one of us dies. <laughs> oh, thank God I have that option. <laughs> Phew. We're not going to say and which one, though. That was lovely. That was a lovely speech, Tom. You're known for your lovely speeches as you cack in the background as I'm putting you over. <laughs> <laughs> But good friend Tom there saying it like no one else can. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? It's true. It's like it, you would if it was a political speech and it was me stood there saying all the great things were going to happen, and then as soon as it ended, I went, <laughs> "You wouldn't buy a minute of it, would you?" You fools! Yeah. You mad fools. <laughs> they bought it. They bought it. <laughs> Hook, line, sinker, rod, and copy of Angling Times. <laughs> Uh, and I'm glad that we're able to talk crap this week because I was not uh, in a position to do so. But again, thank you very much for the, the love and support for just a little show that talks about wrestling. <gasps> wrestling! Tom, there's our word of the show. Well, on Monday night... No, 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 I've got ahead of myself. I've knocked it already. Tom, let's set the scene. <laughs> 
What was happening in the wrestling world? Uh, there was a lot of wrestling in the wrestling world, you'll be excited to know. Rumours flying around in this particular week in the wrestling world of a changing of the guard in WCW. Uh, the locker room talk, according to Dave Meltzer, was that Eric Bischoff was going to take over from Bill Bush. We'll keep an eye on that. But in the height of all of this discussion on a new management within World Championship Wrestling, they ran a, a half-hearted and half-witted professional wrestling pay-per-view called Uncensored 2000, which was aired, which aired the Sunday just before this week's episode of SmackDown. Math, will you join me in going through WCW Uncensored 2000? I would love to. <laughs> yes, you would indeed. That was Matthew falling off his chair in excitement. <laughs> uh, the artist defended his Cruiserweight Championship against Psychosis. This saw the debut in WCW of Hard Knocks Chris Candido, and the crowd went mild. It was a hell of a moment for Chris Candido. Yeah. Candido was one of the most underrated wrestlers of his generation, uh, to say the least, and it's odd that they had him be the cruiserweight guy i i don't get that he wasn't a cruiserweight he had a lot more to offer as well as like there was the logistics of him being a cruiserweight which didn't really pan out only in wrestling it's like oh you're 511 all right dwarf (laughs) (laughs) go back to the shire candido it's (laughs) it's true isn't it wrestling's funny like that uh, like always, everybody always said, "Oh, X Pac, he's the the shortest guy here. He's he's in the land of the giants." Isn't X Pac like a legit six foot? I've met him. I'm I'm sure he gets it a lot from people going, "Oh, you're actually big." <laughs> oh, uh, Norman Smiley and the Demon beat Lane uh, Lane and Rave. Miss Hancock turned up in this as well, so that was exciting. <laughs> How dare you not address them by their name of Team XS. Uh, sorry, this is their Hardy Boys ripoff, isn't it? Yes, weeks before, Russo got mad with standards and practices because they wouldn't let him do whatever he wanted. And they called them standards and practices and walk up with clipboards. But no one cared. The same as Hancock was the leader to Lenny and Lane's essay Rios is a gross understatement. <laughs> and an insult to Lita and essay Rios. Um, also on this show, Bam Bam Bigelow beat the wall by DQ. Dave Meltzer says the highlight was Wall splitting his pants. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hell of a card Brian Nobbs defeated three count for the WCW Hardcore Championship I remember a spot, I seem to remember a spot where all three of them jumped off a stepladder in succession onto Bam Bam Bigelow, that's all I remember about this spot, <laughs> about this one Brian Nobbs, Brian Nobbs sorry not Bam Bam Bigelow, He's just he just had his trousers splitting exercise with the wall um, Billy Kidman and Booker T defeated Harlem Heat 2000 what a time it was have the new Harlem Heat with Big T who looked like he'd eaten the old Harlem Heat really Big T God uh, bless him he tried he tried doing one of the spots he'd do his armor Johnson way he'd go out uh, past the guardrail and like dive over the clothesline but it didn't take into consideration he'd, he'd been nothing but cake for several months so he tries it anyway and it's oh my god does he crack and burn Harlem. That's a bit I remember about this, Mike. <laughs> why didn't they? Now, I'm no slimmer of the year, but why didn't they call them Harlem Eat? <laughs> 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 oh, 
Am I big T or book T? BLT. <laughs> it's funny because he was fat. Um, Vampiro beat Fit Finley in a Falls Cat Anywhere match. This is just a hell of a lineup. Uh, the Harris. Oh, wait. Sorry to interrupt you. That's the match where they, they legitimately brawl backstage and there's real fans there. And for some reason, like the fans are like, yeah, woo. You know, two thousand rowdy, <laughs> and one of them just at one point, one of the fans just pushes the referee over. <laughs> Which I remember a line from a review that says that the show by were out. What a oh. time! What a time! Oh. Um, the Harris brothers beat the Marmalukes oh. for the WWE World Tag Team Titles. Oh. Wow, uh, that 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 match could headline a. A huge UK tour, couldn't it? <laughs> it certainly did. I think they the had main a, event in any arena. <laughs> and a major and a minor rugby player or boxer, we can't remember which, got involved as well. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes defeated Terry Funk in a bull rope match. Math, do you remember the significant factor about this bull rope match? Wait a minute, Dustin Rhodes, not Dusty Rhodes. Dustin. There we go. People, people are probably excited at that. Like, oh, get in. Dusty Rhodes fine. is a young up and comer compared to some of the people on this show. Um, <laughs> is that the one where Terry Funk came out with a turkey? Kind of. A guy in a chicken suit ran in, which took any seriousness from away from the match. Rhodes knocked out the chicken with a cowbell. They then played clucking noises as Rhodes was beating up the chicken. That's right. But one of the, it was actually a proper weapon was. A, an unfrozen chicken or turkey, I'm like, whatever. They all look the same when they're plucked and on the end of a fist, like Mr. Bean. <laughs> I'm not um, making it up. I believe you. Anyway. Uh, halfway through the match, uh, Terry Funk, who was then commissioner or something or other, decided to make it an I quit match. So it was. Oh, I did. <laughs> and then pinned him. No, there was a bit where Dustin like taps out to well, no one Terry Funk's probably this the spinning toehold. And he taps out and then they go, Oh, it doesn't count and I quit match. So Terry Funk lets go and then just <laughs> Oh, what the hell? Dub C dub Dub C dub Dub C dub Uh Sting defeated the total package. He he's dropped the name Lex Luger at this point. He is just the total package. Uh in a lumberjack match <laughs> where bless you, where all the lumberjacks were wearing casts on their arm because Lex Luger had been doing this shtick where he'd been breaking people's arms and all the people with broken arms came out to be lumberjacks in the match. Yes, and I think this was billed as the last ever meeting between Sting and Luger <laughs> and I'm not sure if it is and I don't care. <laughs> Sid defeated Jeff Jarrett in a singles match for the WCW World Heavyweight title in seven minutes. Hulk Hogan came out uh, to attack Jeff Jarrett. He was attacked by Scott Steiner, which then brought out Ric Flair. And Hogan and Flair had a match for 14 minutes, which, of course, Hogan won. <laughs> it was meant to be a strap match, but... We believe Hogan might have forgotten, and everybody involved might have forgotten. So the pin flare, and then just went round, touched all four corners, just to just to double, just to double down. Yeah, pinned him with a leg drop, then did the final one while his it music was playing. Just touched yeah. all four corners. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the dub dub F camp at this point, Beyond the Mat is out, and Vince is furious. He is not. Alright, Sports Keeda. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He is not a happy camper, is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, the, the tagline on the film has contained the phrase, The movie Vince McMahon does not want you to see. And Vince is furious because he said, I never said that. But Vince has attacked the film in, in multiple interviews. Not so much saying that it's crap, but called it at one point a snooze fest. So clearly very disparaging about the movie and not very happy with it being around. Um, you've seen Beyond the Mat, haven't you? Oh, yes. It's a great film, isn't it? It's very interesting because for a film like this to come out during what is one of the hottest uh, periods for WWF in terms of business and how good the TV product is right now. It's always funny to see this very sobering negative effect of a lot of these wrestlers seeing Terry Funk uh, in 1997, like to point out, uh, struggling to walk, still wrestling and giving it his all. Uh, like of Dennis Stamp, who basically pretty much, I imagine everyone who watched this film was like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I'm not these careers men in the thing from 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm a booked. Uh, Jake Roberts, completely addicted. And of course, Mick Foley getting his head caved in by The Rock while his family watched at ringside, crying their eyes out. That was difficult. And I think that even like Mick Foley afterwards said, yeah, I probably shouldn't have taken my family to watch that particular match. <laughs> yeah, he was like, maybe... Uh... Yeah, maybe seeing them crying their eyes out was a, a sign that that was a bad idea. <laughs> bang, bang. Don't um, worry, he's got plenty of time to hang out with them anyway to make up for it because he's retired now. <laughs> Sadly, oh, Bob Also, before you go into this, though, Tom, one of the funniest things about uh, Beyond the Mat was in certain areas of the world, when it was released on video and DVD, um, they use a very interesting picture of the front cover. Not sure if you've ever seen this, because uh, the release I had in the UK just had the words beyond the mat and then like the picture of the newspaper headline saying, the, the film, Vincent Mann doesn't want you to see. In America, they have a picture of what looks like Terry Funk, Mick Foley and The Rock. Except if you look at it long enough, you notice that that isn't actually Mick Foley or The Rock. If you have a quick Google of it, one with three heads there. <laughs> uh, they are lookalikes. <gasps> they were not allowed to use uh, the look, uh, whatever the, the depiction of those two people as they were under contract at the time. Terry Funk technically was. Uh, no, but sorry, by the time it came out, he was in WCW. I guess they just didn't care. Um, but yeah. That is not Mick Foley. That is not The Rock. It's very odd-looking, to say the least. It's a bit like a really crap waxwork exhibit has, like has created the, a wrestling yeah. wing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it, I like that. Uh, that's I've not seen that cover before, and I think that's amazing. <laughs> it's like when Big Titan played Razor Ramon. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Nice throwback. Thank you. Uh, and what was F. the next thing you're about to say? Uh, yeah, so Third Rock from the Sun. China was on Third Rock from the Sun. I love the ratings of this because if a wrestling show these days got 5.9, there would be fires. There would be f explosions and celebrations afoot everywhere. Uh, yeah, Third Rock from the Sun featuring China, 5.9 rating. Uh, now, whilst it's a touchdown... On the season average, it is still a top draw uh, for a sitcom featuring a professional wrestler. It puts China in like an A-list, which is nice. 
Uh oh. Yeah. I hope none of that success goes to her head. Oh, let's hope her, not, eh? <laughs> makes her ego so big they refer to it as the fourth rock from the sun. <laughs> oh, oh! And uh, it's on that that we throw to Matthew to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. Oh, good. On Monday Night Raw, Vincent Mann comes out and goes, Hey, why not have the WrestleMania main event tonight in Chicago? And for the first time ever, when someone comes out and says, We don't have to wait until name of pay-per-view. We can do it right now. It actually happened. <laughs> I know. Triple H versus The Rock versus Big Show. And the man's at ringside were being fannies. That's what I've typed here. Uh, Triple H retained after Shane hit Rock with a chair and The Rock chased him into the crowd. Well, that's that then. That's the three-way. Very curious way. I wonder what's going to happen now. Oh, oh, here's Robo Linda to announce the fatal four-way at WrestleMania between Triple H, The Rock, Big Show, and Stevie... Sorry, and Mick Foley. And seriously, though, when I saw this as a kid and saw that my favourite wrestler was back, I left off my chair. Like, yes, Mick Foley's back, yay! He came back quicker than when Ric Flair retired at Halloween Havoc 94. La, 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 don't care. And that <laughs> you don't You to... don't care, but Dave Meltzer cares. Because oh, Finn Martin cares as well. <laughs> Finn Martin had his life. Dave Meltzer eviscerates Mick Foley for this. Oh, God, what did he say? Okay, from The Observer. When Foley... Say, like, say like Justin Henry's impression of Dave Meltzer. Uh, when Foley did the interview before... Um, uh, I can't do it. Uh, yeah, Foley did the interview before No Way Out <laughs> and the match. The idea from his standpoint, according to him, was that it would be his last match for a long time. He was originally going to just do an interview at WrestleMania as his farewell appearance and then come back down the line as the commissioner. However, the lure of big payoffs, an eventual program with The Rock and being in the main event for WrestleMania this year, combined with the idea that he felt nobody really believed he was retiring, brought him back immediately and made his latest retirement actually even sillier than Kevin Nash's, which was the all-time standard for a conned retirement. But at least that one was so botched up promotionally, no one cared in the first place. The storyline, if you go backwards, does look like this was planned as a major con from the start. Whether it was or it wasn't, but either way, he destroyed his own credibility after saying how important it was to him and the credibility of one of the 10 greatest interviews in the history of the business because of how strongly he talked about prostituting a retirement as a quick way to get a payoff and almost setting the record for quickest return from a highly publicized retirement for a top guy. For all the Terry Funk retirement jokes, he at least was out of action 17 months the first time, which at the time and of course was a time where fans actually were trained to believe what wrestlers said the Japanese fans didn't forgive him for probably 10 years if they were fully even if they fully did for violating his word Meltzer's furious he's barely typing in sentences <laughs> that was a good job yeah he's very very like, there's a few times that he talks about con artists and cons in this week's um, Wrestling Observer. It's like, who are you kidding, mate? You're in, you're in the, you're in the magic circle with us. Why are you pretending that this is all evil? 
because she leaked news to me in 94. I mean, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> just saying, just saying. And don't worry, there's more of that to come with Mick Foley, but for now, Woody Woo, Woody Wah, Woody Woo brings <laughs> us all the way to Milwaukee, a name in America that I can say properly. Triple H try starting the show with Big Steph, but he has to wait for the slut chance to die out so he can give exposition. <laughs> It's Triple a very H 2000 know, problem, that, isn't it? It's a tummy slut. <laughs> Triple H wants to know who the hell Linda McMahon thinks she is. And so she makes her dramatic entrance, Robo Linda herself, very important in WWF, to the oh, oh, WrestleMania theme song. The best theme song. When I was asked if <laughs> I wanted... <laughs> when I was asked if I wanted any theme music... As a wrestler, oh, I remember this. I've only ever had the Linda McMahon theme. <laughs> it's all I'll allow myself to have. Okay, the theme from Linda McMahon. It's the Peter Gunn theme. <laughs> Robo Linda says Foley is deserving, and she'll be in his corner at WrestleMania. Meaning it will be a McMahon in every corner. Oh, and it'll be his last time ever in the ring too. So Triple H goes, oh, all right, dickhead. What happens if he wins the title then? <laughs> it's his last match. Linda, Robo Linda computes why then he'd retire as champ and it'd be vacated with a tournament that would start after the WrestleMania and end at Backlash. Oh, fair enough. Triple H then has a great run of lines here. He says, that's fine. I'm going to take out The Rock, then I'll take out Big Show, and then I'll leave Foley for last just for Robo Linda. He's going to beat Foley so bad this time that he won't be able to remember where he lives, and Linda can be the one who puts the food in the tube to feed his lame ass. And even though Foley can't speak anymore, one day it'll hit him while he's in this position, and it'll hit him like a lightning bolt. It's because Linda McMahon is a sadistic bitch. And it is amazing. It is so good. So you get an idea of like, oh, fine. Let Mick come in. Old, retired, battered Royal Rumble 99 beyond the mat. Mick Foley come in. And I'll just beat him again. And you're a bad person for letting this happen. No, he hasn't still got it. I killed him at Hell in a Cell. And now I'll just do it again. And you'll be the one to blame when I do it. And it's, oh, it, I forgot. Even doing these sometimes, like how good Triple H was when he was being a fanny. Anyway, any anyway, thoughts here on either Linda McMahon's theme music or Triple H? The anger that that, that Triple H called Linda a bitch was was palpable. <laughs> it was they were very angry in the crowd and very angry on commentary. Um, the tournament red herring that caught me out when I watched this first time round. I genuinely then, I didn't believe that Foley could win until they mentioned the tournament of Tobacklash. And I thought, that's too specific. That's probably what's happening. And I remember being uh, on my way to college and mapping out the tournament after watching this oh, really? and oh. going, oh, okay, so they could do this and they could do this. I genuinely thought there'd be a tournament and I was really excited for it. I really wanted there to be a tournament after Backlash. I like a tournament. Tournaments don't get enough love. Bloody love a tournament. Mm. It's nice. You see matches you very rarely see. You could tell some really cool stories of the tournament. I really like it. But no, but anyway, that was... They caught me out with that one. I was I was so completely... I bought...
bought the red herring. I think that's how the phrase goes. You all bought it. You, you all, all bought, bought it. it. <laughs> even my family, even my robotic family even bought it. Even my robo family bought it. <laughs> also, special mention here, I think Triple H calls her a bitch. It gets censored. You're nothing more than a... And I think it's censoring or it's Robolinda reversing to go out the way she came. <laughs> yes, that was a bit forced. Uh, next bit. <laughs> like Linda's stage. dialogue. <laughs> oh, I love this theme song. No, no, no. It's just, just processing. Linda's just oiling her joints. I'm sending a fax to my husband. <laughs> Who's playing the WrestleMania theme tune? Nobody. Linda's just connecting dial-up. <laughs> She's talking to Sir Kill a lot. <laughs> What's your favourite Linda McMahon line of all time? What's your favourite Linda McMahon line of all time? The answer is... Stands up. No. <laughs> In brackets. There you go. <laughs> Either stands up or meet the new CEO. Those are your two best Linda McMahon lines. <laughs> uh, lol, I lost. <laughs> anyway, backstage, Tori is giving Crash Holly a massage. That's awfully nice of her. Crash Holly is commenting that he really needs it because being 24... Is there 24... Cha That's not what it's called, is it? That's our truth. No, time. you're, you're 20 years ahead of yourself. Sir. Bloody hell. Being the hardcore champion, you can tell this watch Raw, um, it, and defending the title 24-7. Haha, there you go. It's been so terrible on his back and his his other parts of his body. And this, this massage is really nice. And uh, she finds the exact spot that's hurting his back. And he presses in on it. He goes, oh, yeah, right there, right there, right there. Yeah, right there. Just a bit harder. Oh, good. And then she smashes the cookie jar all over him. And here's Teddy Long, the referee, to count the pin. But Crash gets away, kicks out a two. And he'll have to speak up because he's wearing a towel. Just <laughs> more good Crash Holly shenanigans here. Tom, what do you think? Ivory nearly became the first woman to win a men's title. She was very much nearly the test I of called her Tory. 2020. I called her Tory. How bad is that? <laughs> I knew who you meant, though. We all knew who you meant. Ah. Uh, Linda didn't. <laughs> Linda's still processing. That's right. And WWF, the King of Rock, who, the King of Rock, what, presents the replay. And that is during Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho on Monday Night Raw, Benoit gets knocked outside and accidentally puts his hand on one of Kurt Angle's belts, who's doing guest commentary. So Angle, Ganraj, attack both of them. And this segues into Kurt Angle himself coming out, and he announces at WrestleMania, it will be a triple threat match with both titles on the line. Not fair, not fair, he says. Even the inbred farmers from around here can realise this is a conspiracy. <laughs> and tonight, classic Kurt Angle. angle. Classic oh, Angle great. just being, a, He's so being good offensive. And tonight in the ring, we get Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit for what might be the first time. And Chris Jericho decides, well, you know, Angle commentated on my match. I'll commentate on this match. And why not? 
and he, he's instantly all over him, saying he's an idiot, an imbecile, and an ignoramus. And also, Benoit is Mr. Roboto. Now, quote, he sounds like Kane without the voice box. <laughs> they yeah, Again, he's an impression of him, doesn't he, as he comes out of the ring? And Jericho's like, oh, I will beat you up. Tea or coffee? I'll do them, but it's pretty much the same Linda McMahon routine. And... <laughs> It's true, but it's one of these things that's almost a detriment to Chris Benoit. As we said beforehand, Jerry Lawler can sometimes say lines that are funny, yet also truthful. When he's saying something like, wow, Steve Blackman's doing really well for a guy with no personality whatsoever. He's like, Lawler, Lawler, that is helping nobody. <laughs> anyway, Bob Backlund is seen watching the Circle TV backstage, but no in the state of Backlund right now. He probably thinks they're actually in the Circle and they're just really far away. Uh, loud angle sucks chance. We get the triple Germans from Benoit, Einschwein and Dry. And Joko has enough of this and smashes Kurt with the belt and does Benoit into for good measure. And then gives them both the walls of Jericho's as the referees show up. I'm just going to guess that after we saw Angle commentating these two wrestle on Raw and then Jericho commentated this smash on SmackDown, that next Raw we're going to have Benoit guest commentating for a match between these two and I'm glad that the idea of Chris Benoit commentating a match means that we don't have to cover Raw <laughs> apparently so Henry it's, um, and Tom Campbell for six years time <laughs> apparently it's Linda and Chris Benoit doing commentary on Raw next week oh wonderful the <laughs> bland <laughs> leading the bland <laughs> let's throw it over to our broadcast colleagues Linda McMahon and Chris Benoit <laughs> Zero one one zero one 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 zero zero. Linda McMahon gets astonished. It's just the noise of one of the doors opening in Doom. It's got a lot broadcast colleague, Linda McMahon. That's Leonard tonight on Raw. <laughs> Thanks, Linda. Oh, God. <laughs> Backstage, Kevin Kelly interviews Vince McMahon. He asks him if she... He asks him if he knows what Stephanie's going to announce later on tonight. And he says, I mate, she's preggers. So in nine months' time, she's going to drop out an eight-pound anteater with Triple H's nose. I don't think Vince McMahon is taking it very seriously. <laughs> also, he says, we don't have a number one tag team contenders after the Dudleys ruined everything on Raw. So uh, why not have a triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania for the tag titles? Oh, and also, The Rock wants revenge on the Duds for last week, so it's Rock versus Bubba tonight, not at WrestleMania. That would be ridiculous. And that's a lot of stuff from Vince. Any thoughts there, Tom? Uh, this was a bit of a revolutionary announcement. This was the first time the concept of a triangle ladder match had ever been mentioned. So hidden yeah. amongst a joke about Triple H's long nose, la 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 good night, Padre, there was a, 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 a blockbuster 
one of the one of the best matches in WrestleMania history had just been announced. I was trying to find the uh, audio clip of the mash smash potato <laughs> robots when they laugh and like, hey Linda, did you hear what I said? I said Triple H. Triple H has got a big nose. That's <laughs> one of the best. They eat them with their metal knives. <laughs> then they mash them into pieces. Christ, aliens with nothing better to do than to watch how we prepare potatoes. I swear to God. Hey, they, they're on the floor laughing. <laughs> Speaking of laughter, earlier today, the head cheese went to a farm. <laughs> Steve Blackman tries milking it because Wisconsin is the land of cheese, but he gets sprayed with the milk, so he takes his nunchucks to the cow off camera <laughs> as Al distracts the re- <laughs> Al distracts the farmer like he's the referee. Steve then shows up and says, the cow's sick, and Al decides to leave. My mates loved this segment back in the day. Steve Steve Blackman treating a cow like it's JBL at the airport. <laughs> what a great story that is. Complete. Pissed up JBL, bored of this all, waiting for his bags to show up. He's like, I think I'll start on somebody. Who should I start on? Um, Steve Blackman, such a coward. And Ron's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Goes over and starts messing with Blackman. And then Blackman just battered him. <laughs> he got a few shots in and then like everyone's like, calm down, Blackman, calm down. They're like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And apparently they drove to the arena. They separated it. And all the way there, Blackman's like, I'm going to kill him when I see him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Bradshaw, apologize straight away. <laughs> I bet he did. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, they didn't do wrestler's court. Oh, wait, because JBL mind organizes you, that. JBL in 2004 probably could have squirted milk in his face. <laughs> and it somehow would have been Blackman's fault. <laughs> made the same noise. Made his entrance music. <laughs> See, there is, there's two people in the wrestling world that I wouldn't want to piss off: Steve Blackman and Steve Blackman after a long flight. Yeah, both pretty dangerous. So Bradshaw, you know, probably deserved a shoe in. I agree with that. There's a story uh, that I heard in Conrad, which one of the 12,000 Conrad Thompson podcasts he does, where he was, he was recounting something Flair said that the Steiners were ribbing Butch Reed, the one half of the tag team of Doom, and they're ribbing him for something, whatever. And Flair noticed that they would always rib Butch Reed, and he asked Butch Reed's tag partner, Ron Simmons, why no one ribbed him. And allegedly, Ron Simmons turned around because I am uneffable with. <laughs> Didn't say it like that, of course, but, you know, it's a family-friendly podcast. Um, and I just like the fact that, like, hey, can, like, can I rib you, Ron Simmons? He's like, no. Like, okay, sorry to bother you. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From moos to who's, hoes, as the kid's favorite, <laughs> the godfather. How great is that? The kid's favorite, The Godfather, is here for the SmackDown debut of Bull Buchanan. Oh, here we go. I just realized go. the association with the cow to the bull. That's a weird segue. I, don't, I just noticed that typing it up. On Monday Night Raw, Big Boss Man uh, and his new pal, Bull Buchanan, double teamed The Godfather. So here's the revenge match. This is Bull Buchanan's first appearance after being in the Truth Commission years ago. And what was the Truth Commission? The Truth Commission was a uh, weird gimmick that was supposed to be based on apartheid South African military, yet was named the Truth Commission, which was the name of the commission designed to investigate apartheid. I think something got lost in the uh, translation there. Who cares? They sucked. <laughs> and Unless it's the irony of the fact that the Truth Commission is being investigated by people w- within the army. Yeah, some good satire there. It's uh, we're going to weed out all those accusations of apartheid. Oh, good. Who's doing it? Well, we are. <laughs> we're doing it ourselves. We've got this. Yeah, the people that care about South African politics that time and go, wow, that's some good satire from the wrestling promotion. His new gimmick is Big Boss Man's longtime friend with, I quote, a storied past. So Jared Oliver hears this and says, I hear some of the hoes have storied pasts too. <laughs> So I guess it's the climax of the Prince Albert Big Boss Man storyline where they were feuding, then back together, then feuding. Um, they're never, ever getting back together again. like that song. And Bill Buchanan gets a show off his two cool spots. The jump up to the top rope and hit a clothesline and the big-ass scissors kick. It gets two. He gets clotheslined but is able to skin the cat and he tries for the top rope leg drop but misses. Godfather makes his comeback tries the whole train but boss man interferes for the dq this was his big singles debut <laughs> not a good sign here tom Nailed and also <laughs> michael cole and jerry lawler were hyping up like he was a monster but the godfather is only slightly smaller than him <laughs> uh not the best of debuts what say you tom uh this is one of i believe 10 names that Barry Buchanan has gone under during his wrestling career. Can you remember a few of them? 
Oh, I couldn't even tell you who he was in the uh, Truth Commission, to be honest with you. Um, was he Viper or Sniper or Window Wiper? What was he? Viper, Sniper. No, you've named all three of his tag team partners. He was Recon in the Truth Commission. Oh, they were all doing words. The Verb Commission. There was Suck. There was Get Pinned. And my favourite, Never Getting Booked Again. <laughs> he also went under the name. Oh, wait a minute. Can I try? So there's uh, B squared. Yeah. Bull Buchanan. Was he? He was Bull Buchanan in Right to Censor. He was. Okay. Well, that's all I know. Okay. What were the others? So uh, he he went under Buchanan, Mr. Buchanan. Bo Buchanan. Mr. Buchanan. <laughs> yes. He was a, he he did a lot of art attack stuff. Um oh, no. Bo <laughs> John, can we have no. Bo Buchanan doing an art attack? Thank you. Um Bo Buchanan is another one. And he was one of the four ple- one of the four people that played Lord Humongous. <laughs> Also played over the over twenty years by Jeff Van Camp, Sid Vicious, and Gunnar Udi, aka the son of Sid Vicious. Gunnar Udi. <laughs> That's his name. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> oh, mum, he's Gunnar Udi. <laughs> Greetings from the humongous. <laughs> He's kind of moody. <laughs> uh, well, that well, that was Bull. <laughs> There's the uh, the life you said of it. <laughs> Bull Buchanan. He like he did Booker T's finisher. He did. What a lot of Bull. <laughs> Backstage, the Hollies have a proper match lined up later on, and they head to the ring uh, with Holly. I've got Holly even, not Holly, uh, saying he will definitely look after him. They make their way out. Crash Holly, in a very nice touch, is looking over his shoulders the whole time since his entrance. And they're taking on head cheese. And I want one of those cheese heads that Steve Blackman has. <laughs> and I'll look as happy as he does as well. And I had no idea, really, how popular these guys were getting at the time. And it's one of the benefits of watching these shows back. You get, like, the real picture of... real screenshot of this period... There's loads of signs for them, and the crowd is really digging the act. Alcoholic gets the best dropkick in wrestling, come at me, on Steve Blackman as Crash gets Elroy Chance. Al leads the fans in chanting, let's go head cheese, as Steve looks annoyed, the only facial expression he has. The ref gets clotheslined accidentally, but another one comes in. Wait, it's not replacement ref. It's for Hardcore Holly, who immediately attacks his cousin to try and win the belt. <laughs> the Hollies brawl to the back as the head cheese win via default. Yay! Crowd are happy. <laughs> oh no, what's this? It's Test and Albert. Yes! This SmackDown debut as a team. Wow, not only Bill Buchanan, but TNA as well. <laughs> Linda McMahon, the, the robot, you are spoiling us. <laughs> Wearing jeans and a WWF t shirt, look like the biggest losers outside the new Blackjacks. They attack head cheese. <laughs> They also have some fitness model explain the joke that they are T and A, meaning of course Test and Albert. <laughs> I forget her name. I don't think she went on to much. And God to the name 
and throwing together a team feel like a 99 thing rather than a 2000 thing. It really does, doesn't it? It feels very special. From the Wrestling Observer. Uh, this is uh, this is damning. Trish Stratus's delivery of the interview all of a sudden makes lucid talkers such as Sable, PB and Terry look like The Rock. Yeah. Also, the TNA idea for Trish Stratus wasn't the first idea the WWF had, as among the ideas was for her to play a porn star and be affiliated with Val Venus, which she didn't like, which is perfectly reasonable. But uh, it gives you an indicator of wrestling at the time where it's like oh a, a new buxom blonde fitness model is available she can be a porn star well she said no um she can manage a team called tits and ass well we can't call them tits and ass come tna because it's funny all right we'll do that <laughs> how dare you i'm not going to reduce myself to just a just my body and my body alone i'm not gonna be a porn star could be tna oh that sounds great <laughs> i'll wear a cowboy hat Test and Prince Albert are very much there to get Trish Stratus over. That's what this is, not the Test other way Albert around. Are there to make sure she doesn't get too over. <laughs> Test apparently backstage following this said, <laughs> said, yeah, she's all right, but she hasn't got all 150 stars in Super Mario 64, so I can't respect <laughs> oh, her. There we go. What a throwback. <laughs> Take yeah, it back she's to all, 2019. She's all right, <laughs> she's all right at all. <laughs> apparently, apparently, one of the first things he said to her is, "Yeah, Trish, yeah, sex is great, but have you ever have you ever shot Baron Samedi in Goldeneye?" Trish <laughs> 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 so expressed a lot of uh, interest in hanging out with Test. Uh, didn't last long, and when they were playing Mario Party, and. Uh, <laughs> Test laughter as uh, Wario, played by Trish Stratus, came last and... Oh, I missed! <laughs> hey, Trish, sex is good and all, but have you beaten Andros in Lilac Wars? <laughs> what does he look like? Oh, yeah, I've done that. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's it like? Yeah, he's the giant monkey head. No, he's the brain. <laughs> uh, gets him every time. High fives, Albert. <laughs> what a great bunch of lads. <laughs> Silly girl. <laughs> Stupid woman. <laughs> Sex is good and all, but have you ever completed Majora's Mask in under 48 hours? <laughs> I bet you kill Ganon with the normal sword as opposed to the, the, the Goron knife. <laughs> Sex is good and all, but... <laughs> Sex is good and all, but have you, have you ever have you ever done any nose bonus, Ricky Winterbourne in 1080? <laughs> she starts to never last this business. She didn't even buy a Game Shark just for the purpose of unlocking Big Show and Ken Shamrock in SmackDown 2. <laughs> you are listening to Matthew and Tom amuse themselves. Uh, <laughs> As long as we can get away with only on the Cultaholic podcast. Oh, um, <laughs> These references keep Comrade Thompson from invading and taking us over. It's all right. Basically, necessary. what you do is you take all the time that Conrad spends talking about Blue Chew and Manscaped 
And we're just filling that time with giving N64 references. That's right. And sometimes I like to spruce it up and go, Tristrat is such a loser. Why would happen, Albert? I played Daytona USA and she didn't even stop to make the Jeffrey Statue dance. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite Easter egg in all the game. That's a hell of an Easter egg. <laughs> Tristrat has only played Stanley Parable once and she only got one ending. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sex is good enough. Have you ever, have you ever bred a gold chocobo? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't tested you. No, it's too complicated. <laughs> it's too complicated. It's fine, dude. Want to use Knights of the Round anyway? <laughs> nice references. Nice oh. references. As far as the eye can see, I think people should send in their own niche references on the oh, show. This is oh, don't encourage them; they will. Please, please. Well, I think this is this audience interaction that you do so well that I'll just pretend that. What would Tom do in a situation like this? What, would you, <laughs> what do you think Test would be ribbing Trish about for not knowing? <laughs> please, please send them to uh, Tom. Oh, at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Go on then. Yeah, there we go. Don't and DM we'll them, mate. Put them in the main feed. Thank you. And do you think head cheese was a sign that any aimless mid-carder can get put together? Because it's so odd. Like, these guys are getting some momentum and then suddenly TNA are attacking them before head cheese can really get to a top level. It certainly felt like it. I've got no issue when you've got guys floundering, putting them in a tag team and seeing if magic happens. It's quite a common occurrence. Hmm. You know, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet... On the modern product are an example of that. They've actually you become a really it. fun tag team. I'm sad that Ricochet oh, is floundering. Yes, they've become very yeah. They're, they're very good as a tag team. I miss Ricochet as a solo guy, but the best thing that's ever happened to Cedric on the main roster. You know, it's that whole thing of you know <laughs> meeting somebody on the way up as you're on the way down. Yeah, <laughs> kind of meet in the middle, and that's with respect and love to both guys. We're both phenomenal, but um, yeah. So I've got no issue with putting like random mid-carders together just to see if magic happens. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Mm, more on that to come. Mm-hmm. Shane O'Mac talks to the Mean Street posse and some stuff is said. I'll lead to a segment later on, so I won't go into too much detail right now, but more importantly, The Rock makes his entrance, but not just any entrance. Oh, no. His WWF aggression by Method Man entrance. <sighs> And I don't mind it because they dim the lights and he comes out and it's ah. Oh. I mean, the rock, you know, doo, 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 theme has its own nuance, but this this feels cool as hell. This is the first time they've ever had to pipe in reaction to the rock. What? No. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? Yeah. Now oh. it's either because the. The Method Man version was added in post. Or because they played it and no one reacted. <laughs> and I like to think it's the latter. I hated it. I hated it. I was I was such a rock fan. As soon as they and 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 as soon as they played anything other than you smelt the rock is cooking, I was like, don't like it. It's rubbish. Rubbish. I remember a mate of mine I had a conversation with him back in 2000 who kept telling me that The Rock should come out to I believe there was a song called Can't Stop The Rock 
Yes, by um, that band. Can't God, stop. Was is name? it Fatboy Slim? No, it wasn't Fatboy Slim, was it? No, it sounded a bit like that, but it, they did. They also did the new version of Lost in Space theme. To Crush 40? No, it's a Sega band, isn't it? Um, Apollo 440? No. There we go. Was it? Oh. And the one thing he goes, can't stop Why do you talk the rock, can't yeah, stop that's the, the rock, you can't stop the rock. And mate of mine suggested, oh, they should make that the rock's theme music, and I was so angry with them. It's like, you don't get it. No. You can't give him that as his music. It's wrong. It's wrong. You can't do it. <laughs> stop. Stop it. Got very cross with him. Apollo 440, you were right. Was that them? Is that the right ones? I don't know if it is. I'm sure it is. I might play a little bit of it. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. Yeah. Got a picture of a dog on the front. Ah, oh, splendid. Rather like a bulldog. Ah, uh, yeah, because the video had a dog in it, and the dog was running. Hmm. That's true. Bulldog, that guy that we like. I'm actually not going to say about him. I just thought I'd say bulldog. <laughs> he's yeah, he's off TV now for for a couple for a couple of years. But if you are missing bulldog, he is a weekly occurrence on the Cultaholic Classic Raw review, and he looks healthier. Anyway, the Rock, the Rock is here. <laughs> this he is, and he's on to the what? Say it again. He's on the Tonight Show, probably tonight, with Jay Leno soon. Ooh, that's a big big deal. It really is. Uh, Almost as big deal as this match with Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, Bubba brawls and has the nerve to do the rock headset bit. So Rock hits him with the bell, ding, and mouths off at him. Bubba takes an awkward bump on the announce table where both men are on the same page, but they're reading different books. As uh, Bubba's like, oh no, I'm going to be pushed off. And then Rock just nudges him slightly. So he's like, oh, I'm just kind of stuck awkwardly. <laughs> anyway, Devon sets up a table while all that's going on. But he gets dumped because he's only a pawn in the game of life. And then rock bottom, etc. Rock beats Bubba. Then nice, simple revenge match here, to be honest Yeah, with you. just a nice little revenge bit. Nice little showcase for uh, for the rock as well. Gives him something to do tonight. Aye, and Method Man. And Western... One of the little subtle bits here. Western Union Money Transfer presents Mick Foley's return. Yeah, that's subtle. That's probably why he did return for the money transfer into his bank account. <laughs> and JR is in the ring with Mick Foley. He has lockdown hair and he is 200% Rory Bremner at this point. <laughs> That's a great throwback. That's a dated reference. Uh, Mick Foley says he didn't want to be like those guys who say they're done and come back two weeks later. Oh no. He came back in four weeks. Crowd's like, eh. Uh, he's also had his first haircut in 10 years, and it's bad that I thought that this was a bad haircut. No, this is supposed to be an improvement on the one that he had a few weeks ago. Sorry about that, Mick. Anyway, he's being himself here. It's interesting seeing Mick Foley play Mick Foley. It's not as cool as seeing Mick Foley play Cactus Jack, but it's still nice and awkward, and he's still there going, well, you look, lads, it's WrestleMania main event. Any of you going to say no at the opportunity? And crowd's like, ah, fair point. We still like you, Mick. And it's only one more match ever, so it's all right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what do you think of this, Tom? Any thoughts? I liked um, Mick Foley as Mick Foley. It was it, it, The cadence was different. The style was different. 
it was one of those things where you couldn't ignore the promo that he did. It was such a good promo going into No Way Out. You couldn't not address it. So I'm glad that he did and kind of spun it around on himself a little bit and made it a bit of a joke about him, which I thought was the best you could do in that circumstance. But I do believe that despite what Meltzer thinks is like a timeline of Connery, not Sean Connery, of course. Um, oh, I get it. Right. That there's that I don't think Foley had plans to headline WrestleMania until they called him and said, look, Mania is looking a little bit pagger this year. Uh, we're not really in- invested in this Rock Triple H Big Show main event. We could probably do with somebody just to make it a little bit cooler because Big Show kills a lot of that cool. <laughs> so get in here, Foley. Come on. Plus McMahon in every corner. It's a gimmick and a half. Let's get Roro Linda in mixed corner. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can wheel her around, Mick. It'll be great. <laughs> or she can wheel you round. I was gonna say you can alternate. <laughs> you can go. You can both use those uh, parking spots close to the arena, Mick. Oh, good. <laughs> I was all right with it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Doesn't matter though. Here's GTV. Yes, that is still a thing. Backstage, the cat and Terry are talking about a skirt that the cat borrowed from Terry. That's what women do, and. She laughs, ha, 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 because it has a bit of a stain. And it's in black and white, so Terry unveils it, and it's hard to tell what it's supposed to be. Is it mud, sweat? And she's starting to Terry's chocolate orange. (laughs) Yeah, I'm intrigued as to what the cat did to this dress. It looks in pretty bad nick. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad one person is. And this is, and also, let's not forget, this sets up a WrestleMania match. I know. <laughs> it sets this, okay, better than that, mate. This segment sets up the only singles match at WrestleMania 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An odd show, to say the least, and I can't wait to watch it oh, in full wait, with mate. yourself one more time. And we now get Jackie to no response whatsoever. She's the WF Women's Champion. And she's taking on Lita in her first singles match on SmackDown. Jackie was always solid, but early Lita ain't pretty. They do the referee roll-around spot for the only pop of the match, and Jackie turns a sunset flip over to retain, and then Salty Lita delivers her moonsault afterwards. And I've typed in filler (laughs) with five R's on the end. It's Were nice to see Tom? the women's championship being defended in a proper match. Like, even though Jacqueline only has these these short filler spots with the belt, like you have the feeling that she's trying to bring a bit of credibility to that belt by having wrestling matches with it. Hmm. Yeah, the it's baby steps right now for the women's division. It is the year of our Lord two thousand. We've only just had the Miss Rumble sweatsuit. Sweatsuit? Swimsuit? <laughs> What's a sweatsuit? Oh, God. Dare I ask? It's when they were, they're all dressed like the Mafia in The Sopranos. All these giant jogging costumes on. It didn't do very well, so they decided to change it to bikinis at the last minute. Um, Wade Keller told me that. Nice. He's a good man, is Wade Keller. I'll have nothing bad said against him and his, his crazy report about a sweatsuit. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, we move on to the highlight of the episode, the WWF Aggression official music video for the King of Rock what? The King of Rock who? Sadly, it's not for the whole song. Boo. But we do get shots of DX looking cool and being in a stretch limo and going and hanging out with the strippers. And I tried to look. It's cut very heavily, as it's, you know, it's a music video in the 2000s. I couldn't see any shot of Billy Gunn. I did look. I swear I saw his leg at one bit, but I couldn't be certain. So, uh, anyway, love that song. Love that video. I think we've already discussed that to death. So, move on to the next fun segment. Shane McMahon previously talked to the Mean Street Posse backstage about how they'd like, how would they like to be Mick Foley, The Rock, and Triple H. So they come out dressed as them to no pop. Shane McMahon runs them down. Triple H has the big nose. Mick Foley is pretty much just be gassed, to be honest with you, of a wig and whatever. And then Shane McMahon thinks it's a great idea to have the real big show come out. Hey, why don't we have a preview of the main event of WrestleMania again? And Big Show decides to kill them all. As Shane commentates and ignores Cole, as Ministry Posse have been hoodwinked. Michael Cole, uh, he is Shane. Sorry, Michael Cole goes, These are your childhood friends, Shane McMahon. And Shane goes, Yeah, get them, Big Show. <laughs> so Shane making it clear that him and MSP are no longer friends. Like how Bossman and Bull Buchanan are not friends and will not be lending each other rumble packs on a weekly basis. Big Show lets The Rock do the people's elbow, but then changes mind midway through and chokeslam them. And then everyone else gets a chokeslam, pins them all at once. It's a nice idea on paper. I would have liked this idea. However, the crowd absolutely not feeling this at all. And I feel like they shouldn't have had Rock versus Bubba so early because the crowd's been a bit of a can't-be-arsed mood since. He is, you, he is such a hot prospect now, such a hot character now is The Rock. That whichever you've got to you've got to book the show around around him, and mm. um, because if you put him on too early, it kills the rest of the show. And I think they were struggling a bit from here. They weren't into this at all, which is a shame because this was actually quite a fun segment. Rodney as The Rock owning it, I thought, like doing standing on the rope, doing the pose, eyebrow painted on. It was brilliant. <laughs> I personally would like to see a run of, Rod, of Rodney as the Rod. <laughs> I want this to be something he does on the Indies. I like the idea of the Rod. Can't stop the Rod. Can't stop the Rod. Can't stop. Mm. Yeah, but the crowd weren't asked for this, which is which is the shame. Yeah. And I think it's damning when you see a segment with Mick Foley. And crowd like, yay, McFoley, you came back, but it's all right. And then you have Big Show in a segment where he has these three dudes and there's nothing. It's you can go, all right, you know, look, look, lying about your retirement and coming back four weeks later is bad. But Big Show headlining right now. Yeah. Very true. WrestleMania main event. A third of that is Big Show. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Not even a quarter is Big Show because the McMahons are in it. So it's only an eighth Big Show. It's an improvement, Tom. <laughs> They've watered down the big show. He has been diluted like he was Robinson's squash. Oh. <laughs> He's the medium show. Rikishi and Too Cool take on the Radicals. And for those keeping track, Eddie's arm is now healed. And apparently, according to Lolan Cole, he was only faking it these last few weeks. Ah, uh, that's nice. That sneaky guy. 
Uh, fun, bump-filled match. As Tuchel easily beat the Radicals. It's a bit surprising, but hey, that's how it goes. And before they start dancing, however, DX attack from behind and Kane saunters out. Kane is mobbed by DX and their new Run DMC song, but Rikishi is in the tag match against Road Dog and X-Pac at Mania. And where, what, 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 when did that happen? What? Rikishi and Kane are teaming up and yeah. taking on Dog and X-Pac. That's how he gets his final revenge after X-Pac took his lass and his dignity. They shot him in the face. Show him the face of a flamethrower. Let's not forget that one of the original plans was to have X-Pac versus Kane in an exploding ring match. I forgot about that. That was a plan. Had this happened in 2020, you know this would have been the cinematic match of the night. This would have been yeah. on. A, this would have been at a funeral parlor that was on fire with Paul Bearer bellowing. Whilst Cade and X-Pac fought around the burning embers of the Bearer family funeral parlor. Yeah. Kane throws X-Pac in the incinerator and it's just this huge weed smoke <laughs> comes out and Kane... How are you feeling, Kane? <laughs> like, mm, good. <laughs> I want Bring me some a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> I Sonny want whoever. a bagel too. Are you high? No. Just fat. <laughs> Here comes so Big T. Oh, no. Here he is. He's running now. Oh, he fell over the fence. I have to do a GIF or show you a video clip of Big T trying to go over the guardrails. Oh, Just, please do, mate. That poor guardrail had one more day until retirement. <laughs> anyway, the main event is here, and it's Big Steph versus Robo Linda. And <laughs> Stephanie wants her to come to the ring so she could say all these mean things she's about to say directly to what's left of her mechanical face. Stephanie says Linda was so horrible to her that when they, she was a kid... Linda would make her make her own bed rather than have the maids do it. And the crowd really gets into this shtick because they're like, oh, okay. She was so upset they'd only be given enough money to go to college for a one-bedroom apartment. So she had to use her assets to get more money from a CFO. Something you taught me, mum, she says. Then there's an abrupt cut as the crowd starts chanting, she's a crack whore. <laughs> so Jeez. loud that you have to wait for her to die out to carry on. <laughs> Stephanie calls her a conniving censored like Triple H did and then Stephanie slaps her own mum and evil Steph is a bad joke in 2020 but right now this was a big deal shown in many replays throughout the years uh, of Steph slapping poor Linda and managing to not break her own hand against the mechanical machinery underneath <laughs> and a hell of a way to end a Smackdown Linda cries <laughs> Linda getting this slap Right. I don't know whether you've ever seen... There are these wooden toys that you can get. They normally do them in gift shops on the beach. And they're normally like horses or donkeys or giraffes. And they're on a little pedestal. And there's a button that you press underneath. And when you press the button underneath, the little donkey or the horse inside just collapses. Have you seen these? No. I'm going to send you a picture. 
Okay, I've got one here. Right. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. That's a hard thing to describe. Yeah, the little wooden horse that's got some sort of magnet on the legs, on the feet. And the way that that horse collapses when you push the button in, that's Linda's reaction to getting a slap in the face. Yes. She hits the ground like like she's made of metal. Linda <laughs> Linda needs needs to update update and restart Linda McMahon.exe. I love Robo Linda. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that's SmackDown. That was SmackDown. It started off all right, and then The Rock came and went, and the crowd was like, oh, that's it. He's the biggest star on the show, isn't he? <clears throat> oh, I guess we'll just stay for the matinee performance afterwards. Uh. <laughs> I hope they play Third Rock from the Sun as the encore, whatever the <laughs> bloody hell happens. Uh, what was something that you remembered from this episode? Uh, I remembered Mick Foley's speech. I remember him sort of retconning exactly what happened uh, in terms of like coming back early and kind of winning the crowd over. I remember that quite fondly. What do you remember? I remember Steve Blackman hitting a cow. <laughs> I'm sad I didn't. Oh, whilst I didn't remember that, the one thing that I did forget, which I'm sad I forgot about, was the posse playing Rock, Triple H and Mick Foley. <laughs> that was a wonderful moment, even if the crowd didn't like it. I loved it. Yeah, crowd, crowd not digging this. They really weren't. What about you? I liked it, but the thing that I had forgotten was how good Triple H's promo was about Mick Foley being catatonic. <laughs> how badly he was going to beat him. He wouldn't even be able to remember why he was in the predicament he was years from now as Linda is tirelessly carrying away from Mick turning him over so that he doesn't get bed sores, making sure his bag's emptied, playing the best of Terry Funk Volume 3 in his little VHS. <laughs> and then years later, he realises, Linda did this. And when she turns around to like, do his dressing, he pulls out the plug from behind her. <laughs> great, great verbiage. Great verbiage. Aye, and yourself. And we are pulling the plug on this week's episode of the Cold Hearted Classic Smackdown Review. Did you have a lovely time, Matthew? I did. I had a lovely time, Tom. Even if this was a middling episode of Smackdown, it's always a pleasure doing stuff with you. And I'm glad that I'm on the road recovery and you sound like you haven't stopped. And I know it's been tough for you as well, having to put out videos about all the crap news no one cares about. God love you. <laughs> and yes, here's to carrying on carrying on here is to never stopping never stopping Hello, boy. hey till next time he is at matthew greg i am at tom campbell together we are at cultaholic on twitter we will speak to you next time <gasps> sex is cool and all but have you unlocked uh, wrath on wcw nwo revenge <laughs> love you bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 